lost his mind. After only three years, three years of public ministry, he was arrested, publicly humiliated, and executed. It sounds like the perfect way to start a movement for the last thousand years, right? Yeah, it's even stranger. After his execution, Jesus' discouraged and desperate followers claim that he rose from the dead and that they'd seen him. And not only did they just see him, they touched him. They ate with him. And then within weeks of this resurrection, dozens and then hundreds of people within walking distance of where Jesus was buried believed this story and began to tell others. And before long, Jerusalem was filled with followers of the Lord. When resistance broke out from both Rome and the Jewish authorities, many of those who were originated in this group and the people began to scatter. In a relatively short amount of time, this Jewish knockoff religion replaced the entire, the entire pagan pantheon of gods of Rome. This is the same kingdom, the same empire that was responsible for crucifying its central the same empire that launched several vicious persecutions against people of the way that believed in Jesus Christ. And when you think of this story about the growth of the church over the years and how it's continued today, it just doesn't add up. It doesn't seem to make sense. Not of the actual resurrection. But the story of the church is not just unexplainable, it's also undeniable. Today, over a third of the world's population claims some kind of faith in Jesus Christ. A third. The Roman Empire is long gone, right? The form of Judaism with the sacrificial system died when the temple was destroyed in AD 70. And Jesus taught for three years. And 20 centuries later, he is worshipped on every continent of this planet. It's an amazing story. And this is a story that every Christ follower should know about their faith. That against all odds, the Christian faith continues today. Kind of reminds me of where Jesus said to Peter, telling this walk by the building the church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against If you know your church history, you're painfully aware that once the church got legalized, it got organized. Painfully. What began as an unexplainable thing became institutionalized. Before long, the church was less movement and more establishment. Two thousand years later, the church is still struggling to regain its original identity, its original purpose, its, its original passion. You say the word church today, and very, very few people think movement. See, in the early church, Christianity had been Christians insisted that Jesus, not the emperor, was their head. They refused to accept any emperor as divine. So the church suffered intense persecution for 300 years of its existence as it began. This was true under the reigns of Empress Nero, Domitian, and Diocletian. But gathering in the name of Jesus, like we're doing here today, was difficult and it was dangerous. 
See, before Constantine, worship was informal. Believers met in homes, enjoying love feasts, which was kind of their version of a potluck dinner. They gathered together, they brought food. After the meal, they sang hymns, they read some scripture, they discussed theology, they shared communion together. But after Constantine, worship began to incorporate elements of imperial worship, including incense, processions, choirs, and pageantry. So worship became formal and hierarchical, making the congregation just spectators rather than participants. See the ecclesia, which is the Greek word for church, ceased to be a movement. The church had become a building, an organization, a structure, a form of power. But we have not been called to live like that as the church of Jesus Christ. The Greek word for church is ecclesia, and it comes from two words. One, the, the Greek word ek, which means from or out of, and kaleo, which means to call out. So we are called out from. Called out from where? Called out from sin. Called out from the world called out from a lot of different things that we can say. But we are the called out ones. We are the ones that God is calling out to take beyond where we are today. We are called out to take the gospel, to take God's truth beyond the walls of the world and the institution. And through this series, these are some questions that we're going to wrestle with as a church. The first question is, are we moving or simply meeting? Are we moving or simply meeting? Two, are we making measurable difference in our community or simply conducting services? Three, are we organized around mission or are we organized around the model of doing things? Four, are we using our resources as if Jesus is? Are we an ecclesia, a group of called out ones, or are we just a church building? We are moving. See, from the beginning of Jesus' ministry, there is movement. We see it through the Gospels. We see a steady pace of Jesus not being rushed, but he did seem to move and he walked with purpose. The places that he went, there was purpose. The words that he spoke, there was purpose. The healings that he conducted, there was a purpose to it. Nothing was wasted in Jesus' three years of ministry. And he went from town to town sharing the good news that he was the Messiah that they had all been looking for. He took time to teach, to heal, to show compassion, to defend the weak and the needy. He healed lepers, gave sight to the blind, hearing to the deaf, and raised the dead. There was a sense that he came to disrupt the status quo of the religious establishment of that time. Notice, he was not trying to get rid of Rome. What people expected of him. He was trying to bring the religious focus back to what was the most important, because these people, these followers of God, these people who were called out by God, the nation of God, Israel, they have gotten so far off. Jesus had to remind him, hey, the greatest commandment is this, to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and 
the church as an institution. And there is always the temptation to organize and to make an institution, to establish something. And by the way, this is not always a bad thing. Things need to be organized. How many of you like things organized? You don't like chaos. You don't like things all over the place. There's, there's, a, there's a place for that, right? That's a good thing. It's not a, that's not bad. But sometimes the most effective institutions are the organizing institutions, right? So if you're organized, you tend to do fairly well. You're organized. You know what you're doing. But what happens when you try to organize or capture something that is meant to be free? People are meant to be free. People are meant to be free. Moses and Elijah and his memorial. 
we can start worshiping him in it, we can take up offerings, it's going to be awesome. But even as he was saying this, a cloud overshadowed them, and terror gripped them. Then a voice from the cloud said, this is my son, my chosen one, listen to him. And when the voice finished, Jesus was there alone. They didn't tell anyone at the time they had seen him. So it's interesting that Peter's first
so that we have possible prayer. He said, here's the house of prayer, possible prayer. And Jesus said it was supposed to be called the house of prayer, but now it's become a All the while, Jesus is trying to help people see that the mission is much bigger than the book. The mission is much bigger than what they're seeing here. And all the while, Jesus, when we see this teaching, Jesus is beginning to show us that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, that we are the presence of God, that everywhere we walk, we bring the presence. Notice the mission was not to build the best and beautiful building ever constructed. The mission was simply to seek and save the lost. It's both simple and complicated, isn't it? The mission for Jesus was that he would be the final sacrifice on the altar. The mission was that you and I would be the temple, taking the presence of Jesus everywhere we go, not leaving his presence here. Jesus wanted people to take their eyes off of the building, to take their eyes off of Rome, to take their eyes off of the religious elite of the time, and instead of looking at that, to see the mission, to see the harvest fields that are ripe for harvest, that are right outside the walls. And he's calling us to do the same thing, to be the movement that he's called us to be. He's not called us to be a building. He's called us to be the called out ones. The harvest is Next week, 
have given us a greater call than what we can recognize right now. And I pray that you begin to stir something in our hearts, even now, Lord, that there be something that would be stirring inside of us, that your Holy Spirit would be working in us right now. I pray, Father, that people would resonate with this message and they begin to recognize that you have a greater call for us. You have a greater call for us individually and for this church and for our families and for our communities. And you're calling us to be the called out ones. Open our hearts, Lord God. Open our hearts to the Spirit. To hear what you're trying to speak to us. You read about we want to be everything you call us to be. We want to be the ones that are being called out. And Lord, in the midst of this, as you as you're stirring something in us, I pray that your Holy Spirit would also reveal to us the areas that we've fallen short. Fallen short of your call, fallen short of the same commission, keeping it at the forefront of what we need to do. Help us to see areas of our lives where it's still a The central message of this movement is the good news of Jesus Christ. But we have heard here the gospel. That Jesus Christ was killed for the peace of all our willing cross to become the sacrifice for our sins. So you and I can be forgiven of all we've ever done in the past. This morning, if people look into the stream in the river, I guarantee you.
said that prayer today, I want to encourage you to fill out what you mentioned the card. There's a box there that says, I gave my life to Jesus today. I gave my life to Jesus today. I'd like to follow up with you. I also want to encourage you, there are lots of my lines, to write in the chat so we can follow up with you there. Um, this morning, I also want to encourage you to download our e version. If you've never downloaded this app, it's the Calvary version. You can download it from the Let's keep on believing God for miracles and believing God for 